verses that bring a lot of conviction. <laughs> and God, he leaves these. God wants us to have these, these commands, short commands. And we rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Verse number 18 is our text for tonight. Verse number 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's read that together, okay? Verse 18, ready? Here we go. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Lord, we ask that you would help us tonight as we look at this one verse. Lord, sometimes this verse is hard to obey. Lord, I pray that you would help us to choose to obey it. To choose to give thanks, that's what pleases you. Lord, we recognize that without you we're nothing, so Lord, I yield myself to you. I pray you'd use me as your servant tonight to communicate truth. And Lord, would you be glorified in Jesus' name, amen. How many of you, English class was your favorite class? Oh, we got a few people. Wow. Uh, this has nothing to do with what I'm going to say, but how about math? How many of you math? Math was my favorite. There we go. Yeah, math was my favorite class. How many of you remember the lecture on interrogative questions? We're back to English, not math. Interrogative questions, some of you. Uh, yeah, the five W's and the one H. Not, Tim's like, huh? Huh? All right, the five W's. Who? What, when, where, why. There you go. And then you've got the one H, which is what? The how. Okay? These questions are considered basic in information gathering and in problem solving. They are often mentioned in journalism, research, and police investigations. According to the principle of the five W's, a report can only be considered complete if it answers these questions, starting with an interrogative word. We're going to look at this one verse, and we're going to use four W's and one H. All right? So we're going to dive in this very small little verse. There's a lot in here. Here's the first question. The first question, as we look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 18, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The first question is, who? If you look at verse number one of this chapter, the Bible says, but of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Look at verse number 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, and you see the rest of the commands that come, including in, in, in everything, give thanks. The who is for all Believers, if you are a believer here tonight, this verse applies to you. There's no getting out of it. You know, sometimes we try to get out of things. I was telling somebody not too long ago how I got out of jury duty. How many of you love jury duty? Jury duty? Yeah, none of us do. <laughs> Petey does. He hasn't, been, hasn't faced it yet. I remember one time I got the call for jury duty, and I had a lot to do. I had a lot of stuff. We were in Indiana, Indianapolis, and I was in the big, you know, assembly room, and then they call my name, and now I'm in the box. You know, you ever been in the box? How many of you have been in the box? You've been in the, oh, you've been in the box. You've been there. And, uh, and then the attorney for the, uh, what is it, I guess the defense attorney, he comes up to the box, and he kind of gets real intense, and he looks at us, and he says, I have a question. 
Is my client guilty or innocent? And of course, I sat there because I'm thinking this is a trick question or something. And somebody, believe it or not, says, (laughs) by the way, in case you get in the box, don't answer like they did. They said, well, we don't know. We haven't heard the case. And he says, no. According to the law, they're innocent until proven guilty. There's the trick question for you. And I thought, oh, man, this is going to be a long, make a long story short, they this has nothing to do with the message. I'm just telling you, chasing a little rabbit here, right? <laughs> chasing a rabbit. Uh, they brought in some attorney or something, and I knew the guy. I didn't know him well, but I knew that he defended somebody uh, that was part of our church and lost and should have lost. And so I, did anybody here know anybody? And I raised my hand, thought this is my chance. They said, who do you know? I said, well, I know that attorney there. And, of course, I was trying to get out of it. And I said, and he said, how do you know him? I said, he defended somebody in our church and lost and should have lost. <laughs> I did a good job. Well, sure enough, me and some other guy got kicked off of the jury, and we're in the hall high-fiving each other. We got out of it. This verse here, there's no way out, Okay. The who means you, and it means me. We are all brethren, so we can't get out of it. The scripture says we're to give thanks. Now, when you look at the word of God, I won't read all of these. There are tons of verses concerning giving thanks. Psalm 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 30 and verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 34. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. The who? That's you and me, brethren. Let's ask a second question. The question is, what? When we look at this verse, the, the, the command in everything, give thanks, is a present command, is a present active command, which means this. It should be a regular part of our lives. God commands us to regularly, as part of our lives, characteristic of our lives, taking place all the time for us to be thankful. Now, I want to give you three, three challenges sometimes that we have when it comes to this matter of giving thanks, uh, when it comes to this matter of the pattern or practice of our life being thankful. What are the challenges we face? Number one, first challenge I think we face is selfishness. We have a tendency to be self-focused. You ever know somebody and uh, you ask them how they are and they dump the truck and they dump the neighbor's truck, they dump the, and they never say, well, how are you doing? You know what I'm saying? We have a tendency to be self-centered and we've got to deal with Paul said this to the church. He said, look, every man not on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be, right? Help me live for others, and hence I live for thee. I read a story in 1860. The Lady Elgin was a, a, a ship, 
And uh, it was rammed by another ship called the Augusta, and it sank in Lake Michigan near Evanston, Illinois. A ministerial student named Edward Spencer waited and went into the water again and again, the cold waters, to rescue passengers. In the process, his health was permanently damaged. Some years later, at his funeral, it was noted, this is very interesting, it was noted that not one of the people he rescued ever thanked him. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes we don't even think to be thankful. A selfishness can get in the way. By the way, I think sometimes we need to think along the line. What if God removed the individual's from your life. You see, sometimes we aren't grateful for something until we don't have that something. Selfishness. I think a second enemy, the second challenge that we face when it comes to the pattern of my life being one of gratefulness, is we sometimes have a challenge in the area of being discontent. We compare. We have a tendency to compare ourselves with others. We have a tendency to want things that, uh, we, by the way, God says he'll supply all our need. He doesn't say he'll supply our greed. So the things that we have, great is thy faithfulness, right, are the things that we need. You have something that someone else has, that something might wreck you. You see, but we can be very, very discontent. We compare and the challenges. Um, a, 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 a devotional writer uh, from back in the day uh, wrote this. If we wish to gain contentment, we might try some rules as these. Number one, allow ourselves to complain of nothing, not even the weather. I guess they did back in that day too. Never picks ourselves under any circumstances in which we are not. Never compare our lot with that of another. Number four, never allow ourselves to dwell on the wish that this or that had been or were. Otherwise, it was or is. God Almighty loves us better and more wisely than we do ourselves. Isn't that interesting? He loves you more better and more wisely than you love yourself. Number five, never dwell on the morrow. Remember that it is God's, not ours. The heaviest part of sorrow often is the looking forward to it. The Lord will provide. Paul said this. We know he had a lot of challenges. He writes this from a prison situation in the book of Philippians. He's writing this, but it's one of the prison epistles. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He didn't say, I was born content. He said, I have learned. Do you know the great Apostle Paul had to learn to be content in the state that he found himself? See, contentment is something that we have to learn. And then number three, I think a challenge that we face sometimes when it comes to this matter of, of uh, giving thanks uh, is negativity. Negativity. We alluded to it already. Uh, we, we have a tendency to, to complain. We have a tendency to, by the way, if you want to do a study, I think I preached on this a number, a number of years ago. You want to do a study, look in the Bible at what the children of Israel complained about. You will find, you do a study, you'll find about a dozen times where the Bible says they complained. Their complaints can be put into three boxes. Box number one is safety. They complained because here are the Egyptians coming after them. They're looking at a Red Sea and they're like, we're dead meat. 
They complain, number two, about food. They're out in the desert, the wilderness. They're hungry. They're like, we're going to die of starvation. There's no McDonald's, all right? We're going to die. And thirdly, they complained about water. They're thirsty. Do you know all three of those are major necessities in life? And do you know we do not really face challenges in those three areas? (laughs) I don't think any of us is worried about going home tonight and the enemy is going to be in our backyard with a gun ready to shoot us. I don't think any of us has to worry about going home and wondering if we're going to have anything to drink. I mean, some of us are going to go over there and we're going to have pizza. Now, I hope we don't complain about the pizza. There's good pizza coming, like some good pizza coming that's being donated. Praise the Lord. And then there's pizza coming. But you know what? Whatever we eat, we should be thankful that we have food. But here's what God said about the children of Israel. You put what you complain about. We complain about the weather and the comforts and this and that. It's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. You put that in a big box. we, We look at the children of Israel, what they complained about. And God said this about the children of Israel complaint. Numbers 11 and verse 1. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And I wonder what it does to God. When they're complaining about life, hey, if the Egyptians kill us, we're dead. If we don't eat, we're dead. I mean, they had, if anybody had a right to complain, the children of Israel did. Because they're facing the reality of not having something that sustains life. We don't face the reality of not having something that sustains life, and we still complain. And I'm convinced that it, it doesn't just displease God. I'm convinced it makes God sick. Because we've got it good. But boy, we can be negative. Uh, The book of Philippians, again, the Apostle Paul writes to the church and says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Why? Among whom you're in the world, among whom you shine as lights in the world. When we complain before people that are not saved, we make God look bad. Why would they want your God if you complain about him all the time? If you complain about your life? And you're just whining about this and whining about that. Why would someone want our God? You see. Hey, complaining. Uh, 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 uh. And so, so where, where am I here? I got on a little rabbit here. <laughs> you look at Psalm 107. There are, Psalm 107, we're going to take the time to look at it because we've got three more questions to answer. In Psalm 107, you will find a statement that's there four times. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Prior to those statements, God says, basically, I did this for you. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. I did this for you. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. I did four times. See, God is good. And God wants as a pattern of our lives. God wants us to be thankful people. Question number three, all right? We ask the question, who? That's all of us. We ask the question, what? God wants giving of thanks to be a pattern in our lives. Here's the third question. The question is, by the way, we're not going to look at, you, you can either put when or where, all right? This is going to cover, uh, it depends on how you're wired, right? When is what I put, um, and that's going to be all the time. If you put where, uh, then you're going to write down everywhere, right? 
And so we're just covering one of those two W's. You can take whichever take you want on it, but here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. In everything. So, so giving thanks includes the good and the bad. It really has the idea of all the time. Now, notice the scripture doesn't say for everything. It says in everything. You know, there's a difference between being thankful in a situation and thankful for a situation. Sometimes the challenges that we face in life are challenging situations. I mean, they're difficult. Uh, If you lose a spouse, you're not going to be happy for that situation unless... Should I tell you this story? Let me make it real cryptic. I was talking to somebody. Um, nobody you know. So don't be like, I was talking to somebody. Nobody you know. And it's definitely not Scott, all right? Uh, I have to say that because they'll be thinking it could be you. I was talking to this guy. I ain't seen him for a while. And the guy's wife died. And the guy told me recently, he said, hey, she said, you knew my wife died? She said, yes, I knew she died. And then he said this, yeah, but I, I got remarried, and I got a good one. I didn't know how to process that. And you know me, it comes out, and I think about it later, I said, so was the first one a bad one? I didn't know what to say. <laughs> In any event, your spouse dies, you're not going to be thankful for that. But could we be thankful in that? You see, there's a difference. We're not having to say, yeah, uh, 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 somebody slammed my finger in the car door. I'm so thankful. (laughs) Say, I'm going to lose my finger. I'm so thankful. No, the issue is, hey, hey, this was a, a situation that I might not be thankful for, but I can be thankful in it. Because I can take a step back and I can say, okay, God, you allowed this somehow, some way in my life. And by the way, there are times, you look at the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk asks some of the same questions that you and I ask. God, I don't get this. Why? And sometimes you're going to find yourself saying, you're going to find yourself saying, I don't understand why or how. At those times, we have to let God be God. There's a lot about God. I don't understand how God, the God of this whole universe, he's way bigger than me. There's people all over. I mean, there's millions, there's billions of people. And God said, before I formed you, I knew you. And God knows the number of hairs on uh, it's to me, it's a short circuit. Right? I can barely keep up with the people that I know. But God knows everybody. He knows all about us. You see, there are times when I have to just say, God, you're God. And I'm going to have to just trust you. I don't understand it. But you know what? I don't have to understand it because you don't give account to me. I give account to you. And I have to recognize that God you're always going to do what's best for me and what's going to bring you glory. Life is challenging. We've got to quit looking at our situations 
And we've got to look beyond that to God. He's working all things together for good. I think of the story of Joseph. Mistreated, dysfunctional family. You know the story, Selman to slavery, gets to Egypt. What happens in Egypt? He's framed, ends up in jail. I mean, he had, he had some challenging things. And he says to his brothers there when the dad dies, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Question number four. What? We asked who, what, when, or where, whichever. Question number four is this question, why? Why? Look at our text verse. The Bible says, in everything give thanks. Look at this. Here's the reason. For this is the will of God concerning you. I'll get to that last phrase in a minute. Do you know there are certain things in the Word of God that are crystal clear God's will? You, know, you talk to people and you say, hey, I'm trying to determine God's will. And God want me to be a, a lawyer or a doctor or, or a plumber or a preacher or a missionary trying to determine God's will for the calling. But you may say to somebody, hey, I'm trying to determine God's will. Should I buy this car or not buy this car, right? Should I uh, take this job or not take this job? And, and we ought to, as, as God's people, to determine, hey, I want to do what God's will is. Paul told the church at Ephesus there, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, understanding what the will of the Lord is. I'm convinced that if it has to do with impacting people for eternity, that God has a specific will for our life. You see, does God care if I tie my left shoe before my right shoe? I don't think, you can, I don't think really that matters. But God does care when it comes to impacting eternity. And if I'm going to take a job, I better take a job near a church that I can serve in that church. No matter what, though, there are some things that are crystal clear. God says, this is the will of God for you. Now, it's interesting. He already gives us the command. In everything, give thanks. I'm commanding you. That's an order. But then he tacks on, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Bible says in Romans 12, we read in verse number 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul said, hey, I'm called to be an apostle through the will of God. Jesus said this, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I'm convinced that we find the will of God in the will of God. You say, yeah, I don't know about... I, you know, when, when, we, when we don't know exactly what God wants us to do, we have to come back and say, am I in the will of God doing what God wants me to do? And, and there are some things that are totally crystal clear. By the way, you go back a, a chapter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and the Bible says in verse 3, for this is the will of God. Here it is. God's saying, it's the will of God, even your sanctification that ye should abstain from fornication, that everyone should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. There's no question about that. And there's no question about the will of God for our life when it comes to giving thanks. So you're trying to determine about the job, stay in the will of God, and ask yourself this question. Am I doing now what I know to be the will of God? And crystal clear, 
We're to give thanks in everything. We say, wow, that's kind of a, a tall task. And that's why we're going to give you the how. The how. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I want to read, or I want to, I want to quote you a verse that you're familiar with where the same word for in is used. Philippians 4 and verse number 13. The Bible says this, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That word through is the same word that we find in Christ Jesus. When we look at what God puts in this one little verse, you say, boy, that's really hard to give thanks in everything. There's a lot of stuff I face in life that I don't like. A lot of challenges that we face that we don't understand. There's a lot in my life that I would change if, if I could. And you're telling me, I'm not telling you, God's telling you, okay. If I was telling you, I'd say, yeah, I get it. Uh, just try to do the best you can, right? <laughs> but God's telling us. God says, in Christ Jesus. You see, if I'm going to obey this command, I'm going to have to recognize that it is Christ that lives in me. One of the most incredible truths that we have in our Christian life, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I've said this over and over again, you cannot live the Christian life in the power of the flesh. You can't do it. It won't work. And this here is one command? Forget it. You try to obey this command in the power of the flesh, it won't work. And that's why, by the way, it's so hard for us. Because often we find ourselves reacting in the flesh to these things, the circumstances, or whatever that come in life that we don't like. There's many a time what we need to do is say, Lord, you live in me. When I got saved, you moved in. And you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Now, Lord, here's what I need. Would you live the Christian life? through me. Lord, would you witness to this person? Would you give me the words to say? There are times when people, Sherry and I were out yesterday, um, and we met this fellow, a new move-in, great divine appointment, and the guy said, hey, I have a question for you. And as soon as he said that, inside I said, Lord, you got to help me. Number one, I don't know if I'll have the answer. Number two, I don't want to give him the wrong answer. If we'll live in dependence on the one that lives in us. You know, somebody have to say, God, I, this circumstance is, is way bigger than me. Lord, would you help me? He'll do it. Lord, somebody's going to Lord, Lord, I don't want to give thanks. <laughs> but I don't want to disobey. So God, I need you to shine through me and help me to give thanks. Many years ago, many of you are familiar with Corey Ten Boom. She and her sister were in a German concentration camp. Ravensbrück is what it was. Her sister's name was Betsy. 
in this camp, they had a terrible flea-ridden, it was, it was flea-ridden, it was a death-dealing place. Both girls were afraid, and Betsy came to Corey one day with an idea that might help him. She quoted this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, where it says, In everything, give thanks. Corey quickly replied that she could not give thanks for the fleas. Betsy reminded her that she could give thanks that the two of them were together. As most families were split apart, were together. Corey said, hey, I can give thanks for that, but I can't give thanks for the fleas. Then Betsy noted that somehow the guards had not checked her luggage and therefore her Bible had not been confiscated. Corey agreed that she could be thankful for that, but not for the fleas. She could not, she said, under any circumstance, give thanks for those fleas. Eventually, Corey learned that the only reason she and her sister had not been assaulted by the guards was because their captors were so repulsed by the fleas that they would not enter into the girls' barracks. They also, if I understand the story correctly, were able to have Bible studies in their barracks because the guards were not willing to go in. Years later, she reflected that this is how she was taught to give thanks for all things. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning all of us. Lord, we love you tonight.